This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 192 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. Today I'm talking to Lisa Zorotny about why us multi-passionate creatives need a different approach to productivity. But first, a personal update. So, wow, yeah, lots happening. Busy, busy, busy. I am really busy with map commissions, which is awesome. I do still have some space left before I shut down for summer, so if you want a bespoke hand-drawn map for your book, do get in touch, but do it quickly. I'm continuing writing my cosy fantasy book for my pen name and having so much fun writing the enemies to lovers trope. It's one of my favourite romance tropes and it also means I get to write snarky characters, which is also one of my favourite things. And I'm doing lots of research, reading graphic novels and watching anime and enjoying it all. I just like wrapping myself up in this cosy fantasy blanket and it's just wonderful. The other weekend I went to UK Games Expo, which is an absolutely massive tabletop and board gaming event here in the UK. It was awesome. I loved it. And inevitably, I came out of there with yet another idea for yet another thing that's tugging at my attention right now. But really, you know, it was bound to happen. Anyway, I am having so much fun, so I don't care. And then I have two things coming up early next month, an online talk and an in-person workshop. So I'm prepping for them too. So yeah. Crazy busy, but happy busy. This is good. (laughs) No new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons who support the show. We appreciate all of your support so much. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, and the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Our monthly sessions of sprints and giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions and have a laugh, are open to all of our listeners. To get the link to join in, just make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter or a member of our Facebook group. Hi Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, thank you. (laughs) First up, can you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do? I would be happy to, in addition to being a huge bibliophile <laughs> and uh, loving this life and this world uh, that um, that you create, I am the founder of Positively Productive Systems, the host of the Positively Living podcast, and a productivity and accountability coach certified in positive psychology and stress management, helping multi-passionate creatives do less, live more, and breathe easier, right? Do what they love. And the way that we do this is by designing customized productivity approaches that honor their strengths, values, and personality. Uh, That's on the business side and on the personal side. I am a fellow multi-passionate. I love playing and singing music, uh, hanging out with my family when my kids actually want to hang out with me, (laughs) watching movies with them. Uh, And most times, if I can manage it, I'm off somewhere drinking iced coffee with a book and probably trapped under one or two cats. Uh, (laughs) Do you know, that sounds like heaven. You have hit, doesn't it? Yeah, you have hit like so many absolutely spot on buzzwords, both for (laughs) our listeners very much 
And personally for me, I mean, books, coffee and cats, that's like the holy trinity. Right? (laughs) Trifecta, (laughs) right there. Let's do it. (laughs) So you've already mentioned about multi-passionate creatives. And yeah, I can tell you, our listeners, that's what they are. I am very much that as well. And you say that they might need to take a different approach to productivity. Now, I am definitely wanting to hear this because productivity, as our listeners know, not my strong point. Any kind of organization or productivity, yeah, I'm rubbish. So tell me all about the approach that us multi-passionate creatives should be taking. Okay, let me start by saying that when I say productivity, it may not be the same productivity that everyone else is saying, but it's essentially what we want. Here's why. A lot of times we'll say productivity and they'll be like, do more, do more. Mm. And I'm like, how about we do less? Anyone up for doing less? Hello? Me? Anyone? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not just me, right? It's how about we do less and live more. And that's why I I use that phrase. It's the mantra of my business. Mm -hmm. And here's why. We can do plenty, right? We can find ways to do plenty, but then we're busy. And then that leads to burnout. And Mm -hmm. uh, none of that sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So when we're being productive, it's like, how can we be more efficient? How can we lean into the things that are really going to make us the happiest, shine the best. This is the positive psychology side of things here. It's a strengths-based, that is not easy to say, but I think we did okay, <laughs> approach to, to being more productive, to getting organized, to doing the things that we do so we can live the life we want to do. So that is focusing on your strengths, your personality, your values, and tying all those in to the systems, the processes, the habits that we create, leaning into the things we love. And what's kind of getting me about (laughs) the productivity industry, which is why I'm here on my soapbox, thank you so much, uh, (laughs) is that so much of the productivity is, let's figure out how to do more, get more done, 10X your productivity. And it's like this go, go, go without compassion and consideration for the lives that we're living and want to be living. And on top of that, we live in a very singular world. And stop me if you've heard this before, because I've certainly experienced it, where people are like, well, just don't do as much. Mm. (laughs) You'll get more done if you don't do as much, right? Really? Thank you. Not helping. (laughs) Uh, I feel as though multi-passionates are misunderstood right? They're a unique combination, the hardest workers, the highest achievers, Mm. the ones who love so much, but were out of place because the productivity tools, they're all singularly focused. Mm. Um, They're linear. They're very specific to, oh, you have one job and one role and one hat. And I'm like, I got hats that fill up a closet, okay? (laughs) And more in the waiting room, okay? Because (laughs) I love so many things don't make me choose ask me a favorite something and I will look at you like (laughs) with issue I'm like don't ask me to choose (laughs) so I think that right there it's the concept of what productivity really means and how you know society just misunderstands where we're coming from and what I'm telling you is when you get to lean into your multi-passionateness and all the stuff you love you manage your energy and yourself And when you manage your energy in yourself, you're going to be productive. Mm, I love that because we we do, and especially us Westerners, we live in this culture that promotes productivity over anything else, like anything else. And we we feel guilty if we're not being productive. Yet also as, as mothers, we feel guilty if we're, too productive and we're not balancing it with the family as well (laughs) right so it's like productive where exactly oh you're productive because you've completely (laughs) given of yourself and all of your time Mm. to to be a mom and to give oh that's okay but as soon as you want to you know 
nourish yourself and feed yourself. And I mean, feed in the, the spiritual and creative sense, right? Not to mention food, because I'm there. Talk yeah. to me about food and coffee. Right? <laughs> but I mean, all of the above, we have needs. And I think there's a big distinction between needs and wants in motherhood. And one of the best bits of advice I ever got um, as a new mom was don't put their wants above your needs. Mm. And then when we start to think about what our needs really are, that's where you start thinking about self-care differently. You think about, mm. you know, what you need to protect in your life. And I think as creatives, we need to protect the mm. time that we need, the the experience that we need to create. Yeah, because I think, I think, because you said that creatives are misunderstood and I think that's right because a lot of people from the outside will look at us and go no but that's just a hobby that's it's just a hobby but oh. to us like our creative pursuits are part of our identity part of our personality like they are so deeply ingrained and I know I mean I'm one of those writers and I know many others who are like writing is like breathing like if telling me to stop writing is like telling me to stop breathing <laughs> yeah. and I think I think that's where a lot of the difficulties come because of the way our culture wants us to be and actually um my you know my husband was just saying it to me the other day when I'm sitting and just thinking and daydreaming that's actually productive. As an author, that is highly productive. But to anyone watching me, I'm just sitting there thinking and doing nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. I've had clients who are like, I don't want to read for fun because I feel like I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm not being productive. And I, my head's like exploding at this point. And I'm like, okay, let's breathe through it. We're, we got this. And it's coming to understand what you need when you said it's that mm. creating is like breathing. Absolutely. Mm. For me, uh, music is definitely that. And, uh, you know, creating, thinking, all of these things. First of all, <laughs> we need to process things properly mm. so that when we go to take the action, we're taking the right action. The way that I, uh, Define productivity as doing the right thing at the right time, the right way for you. Mm. So that takes some preparation and some thinking. There's so much that happens, I think, around us so fast. It's like we put an emphasis or a high value on get it done, do the thing, take the action. And I'm not saying don't take the action. Mm. I mean, writers know that, right? Write. You yeah. have to write. <laughs> You're, oh, it's a blank page. And I don't know how people are going to take it. And I'm, you know, all the fears. Hi. Oh, oh, hello. Limiting beliefs. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, you do have to take the action. But there's also this element of you're not always plowing through to take the action. And that's where the value is. The value is in sitting back and figuring out the right way. Yeah. And, and to me, that's productivity, you know, has the plot points and the, and the, and the character arcs and, you know, like the <laughs> development, you have to sit back and think, how's this going to work for me and my life? You can try different techniques like batching and things like that. Mm. But I mean, I've had, I have clients where that's anxiety inducing, you know, you have to figure out what works for you and that energy management side of it. If you don't get to create everything else you do, that's quote productive, air quotes going crazy here. Everything else you do won't be as effective as if you had taken the time to do the thing that you love so much that it it lights a fire in your being. Mm, I love that. I really, I love that you say about like it's the important thing is doing what's right at the right time because I I am a real deep thinker like I'm not spontaneous <laughs> at Great. all I overthink everything and I have to know that the time is right I have to have deeply considered something before I act on it I don't have an idea and do it straight away I have an idea and then I have to mull on it for sometimes months <laughs> before it happens 
<laughs> yeah, and knowing that about yourself is so important. You remind me of the uh, the real. I actually, I think I did this one one time with the the sound that said, "I'd love to go with the flow, but like, what time does the flow start?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, you have to know that about yourself. And I mean, at some point, now from a productivity coaching standpoint, if I were working with you, we would also talk about you know when is like the law of diminishing returns in terms of thinking about it, and are mm. we making sure that thinking about it isn't from fear of doing the thing so we have to kind of find the sweet spot but yeah also if you need a longer runway before you take off so be it and then work with that and understand that and then you're like do not look at me for the spontaneous thing I mean I know for me personally I I need people to be like putting stuff on my, well, having me put it on my calendar. I shouldn't say letting them put it on my calendar. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I was like, you need to let me know. You need to let me know as soon as possible so it can be planned. And then I will make the space for you and I will prioritize you. But if you try to jump in there last minute, good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm... Because I, I am I am quite bad at that, like leaving things to the last minute. And I know that I do think about things to a point where it becomes procrastination. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it's it's interesting that that yeah, that's that is definitely something that I think I haven't quite found my sweet spot on yet, but my my husband has the opposite superpower. He's like super spontaneous. So like he pushes me forward. I pull him back a bit. And we kind of meet somewhere in the middle with decisions and things like that. And it works quite well. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're balancing each other out. And when you can do this in terms of your partnerships, you know, uh, your spouse, or if you have a writing or accountability mm. buddy or, you know, things like that. Yeah, when you can find the places... There's a principle in in like Gallup strengths where strengths are actually weaknesses, weaknesses are strengths. And really the key here, it's like there are no good habits or bad habits. It's what serves you and what doesn't. Right. And there are many places yeah. where it serves you. And then you can also be like, and I also know the places it doesn't <laughs> quite serve me. And so you can go ahead and and reflect. Uh, another thing that happens with with multi-passionates, so we we have this aspect of being misunderstood, we have an aspect of needing like, you know, the processes and, and systems that we set up to be very flexible and fluid. And this is especially true, I believe, for authors, because so much is changing, right? You know, mm -hmm. like literally yeah. every day is <laughs> plot twist, right? Uh, but the other thing that, that we tend to do because we're innovators and creators is that we actually create our own clutter. And what I mean by that is uh, I have a, a background as a professional organizer and oh. I shifted into productivity coaching, right? <laughs> because I could see clutter everywhere in our lives, or I think of it in terms of clutter. And what I mean by that, Peter Walsh said, clutter isn't just the stuff on the floor, but anything that gets in between you and the life you want to be living. Mm. And when you think about that, it means clutter is the stuff that blocks you. Yeah. Now, let's think about it this way. If it's not blocking you from the life you want to be living, it's not clutter. So tell everyone to pipe down about the number of books you have on your bookshelf. <laughs> That's not clutter. If it's not blocking you from the life you want to live, if you are honoring the things that you have, if you are utilizing and you're living well, not clutter. But if it's blocking, it is. And so with that in mind, uh, you have mental and physical clutter. The physical is the most obvious, so we talk about mm. that so that you can think, oh yeah, I get what you're saying. I have to walk around something. I can't find something. I'm buying something else because of something I can't find. You know, it has all kinds of impact on mm. you. But the mental clutter, they play off of each other. They affect and reflect each other. And then the mental clutter, you know, you mentioned this before, like when you're feeling misunderstood or you're trying to do something or you're doing something that really truly is productive for who you are as a person and as a creator, but other people don't see it that way. And then unfortunately, along comes guilt and shame and mm. all of those other horrid, um, you know, emotions and so yeah, there's 
there can be all kinds of clutter in life. And then on top of that, multi-passionates, because of our differences, because of our ability to create and come up with ideas and, ooh, how about this, right? All of that leads to being a, a clutter generator, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's like, how do we keep on top of it? And well, that comes from having systems in place that really work for you honoring who you are, allowing those moments and those times to to do things that really truly are productive for you. And may I say, because it's a perfect opportunity, that rest is productive. There, I said it. Maybe you heard it here first. If you did, I'll say it again. <laughs> rest is productive. Don't let other people tell you what your clutter is, what your productivity is. You're the one who knows. Mm. Yes, I I actually saw it came up on probably on Instagram post. Rest, the word rest is a verb. So it's an actual <laughs> active word. It is a doing yeah. word. It is something you do. And that I want to paint paint that huge on my wall. Um <laughs> because yeah, we feel so guilty mm. for resting, but it's so important so important and also yeah just I hope that my fellow book dragons who hoard books <laughs> heard that it's not clutter you're allowed it <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Marie Kondo came out was like does it spark joy and everyone's like oh my god she's clearing our bookshelves no I will say this that it's good to periodically take inventory to continue to say, do I want to be surrounded by these? Are these all making me happy? Because to this point, the the trigger that can happen with clutter, and this can be things on our to-do list that we're not getting to, it can be stuff uh, you know, on the floor, in the bookshelf or wherever. If it's triggering you to be like, oh, I didn't read that again. I meant to read that and I'm not. Like if if you are finding that it is undermining you know, your confidence and what you're doing, then we might need to talk about different ways to do this. Sometimes it's a little easier to have a TBR list as opposed to making your TBR on your bookshelf and then, you know, like just feeling feeling it deep in your gut every time you walk by. Then again, they're pretty books, you know, so it can go back and forth. But these are the kinds of things that we would talk about. And again, it's finding your sweet spot. It's finding your happy place. Sometimes it's a matter of adjusting your environment or your technique. Sometimes it's a matter of adjusting your perspective and coming mm. to a different kind of acceptance and saying, that's just potential reading and it's totally fine that it's a mile long. My TBR yeah. is going to be miles and miles forever and ever. And it doesn't matter how productive quote I am with reading, how much I read, you know, what kind of reading streaks I'm on. It doesn't matter. It mm -hmm. will always be that way. So I'm in complete acceptance. Um, yeah. Recently I came up with a, a, t um, a concept called uh tiers of tbr so i have my top tier tbr which is the the next up potential ones <laughs> i love that yeah i i i am a physical book kind of girl um i have a kindle honestly it has less than 20 books on it <laughs> uh, but my physical tbr i i own a storage locker and in that storage locker along with lots of other business stuff is a wardrobe filled with books I am yet to read but yeah I'm very much I am a book dragon they my horde makes me happy <laughs> and I love that I love that for you because as long as it fills you up and it mm. makes you the best person you can be and you're like <laughs> I'm like smacking my my microphone here not good for a podcast but I'm like you know putting my fingers together like good good mm. uh yeah as long as it fills you up and I mean my encouragement to you would be do you know what's in there for sure? Not just that you have this fabulous collection, but what's the list? Do you have an inventory? Do you ever cycle out the inventory and bring in different ones and then, you know, replace or something like that? Do you keep things moving? Uh, do you take pictures of them? I don't know. You know, these would be the questions that I would ask you so that you can maximize what you have. 
Mm. That would be that would be my only suggestion with that. But yeah, <laughs> if you love it, then own it literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you did mention to do lists. Yeah. And yeah, um, I'm a terror for to do lists. I love lists because I can't remember anything. And mm-hmm. every day I have a long very long to-do list and then I spend all day doing everything except what I'm meant to be doing and then I go oh don't worry I'll just move those tasks to tomorrow's to-do list and then the next day and then the next day (laughs) and then the next day. It sounds like there's a Harry Potter extension charm on your (laughs) to-do list and I happen to know exactly what's going on there. First I will tell you this if you do something that is not on your to-do list, you have my full permission to write it on the I to-do do. list and I cross do. it <laughs> off. So there's that. Um, so a couple things. If we were working together, I would definitely want to dive into what it is that you're doing and if it's procrastinating. Mm. Like if you sometimes things you know jump in and you have to get them done. You have to put out fires. I get that. Okay. Sometimes it can be procrastinating, like that is also productive and I would rather do that. Thank you very much. (laughs) And then sometimes it's other people, um, you know, on your to-do list and they're jumping in and it's like, so as soon as we're like, you have the whole Eisenhower matrix, which is urgent and important and different variations of that, right? And my first question is always, whose urgent is it? Mm. You want to ask that. Anyhow, that's a little like set up that's something to consider i don't know that we have the time to dig into that today but it's something to consider like where is it coming from but yeah. i'd be happy to go over um what i have as the four d's mm. to tackling your to-do list and you will take away so much with regard to what a real to-do list is and how to tackle it properly so it's not constantly tackling you mm. does that sound good it really does i'm ready okay to- take notes. (laughs) All right. So there are other frameworks out there that say like three D's and this and that. And I think there's like, you know, defer and to do and things like that. And I have four D's, which is like a modified version. That's very specific to how I work. And the order is also critical. The first one is delete, which is otherwise known as declutter. And here's why you do not want to list what you don't intend to do. And sometimes it's real like, okay, um, I'm going to have to be honest with myself and everyone else that this is not happening. It's not reasonable. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It was actually (laughs) your idea. And I don't know why it's on my to-do list. You know, it's, (laughs) it's getting real, really, really real. Yeah. That, that hits hard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel seen and called out at the same time. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So Yeah. What does it belong? What's lingering? What's outdated? What's an obligation that was like someone else's idea? Uh, You know, and again, this is where acceptance and, you know, being very compassionate with yourself. I spent so much time in life going, seemed like a good idea at the time. (laughs) Yep, me too. (laughs) Right? Okay. So given that, now's the time to remove it because right now it's taking up prime real estate. And it's triggering guilt and mm-hmm. shame and frustration. So you're you're tacking on emotional baggage you don't need to carry around because of those that don't belong. So that's number one is to delete. The second one is to delegate. And here's where you ask the question, how can it get done? And yes, we're using the passive voice. And I don't know how you feel about that. Because (laughs) I was always told use that active voice when you can. But nope, nope. We are trying to trigger our minds to be very creative to say, Oh, wait a minute. If I say how can it get done? You'll notice I didn't say how can I do it? Mm. So now I'm like, hmm, how can it get done? Well, I don't have to be the one to do it. So let's see. You could pay someone, but you can also barter and you can get it for free. You can, um, you know, ask friends. You can compare strengths with like another mm. buddy and like, right? That's a great way to where you're delegating and then you might pick up something else that's like easy peasy for you. Uh, or tech automation. 
is a great way to delegate certain things mm. uh, that are can be time suckers. And uh, sometimes I delight <laughs> in things that I've automated that I forget that I've automated. Like I <laughs> just started with a new client and my onboarding. And, uh, you know, we, we have some pre-work to do that relates to strengths and personality and values and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, really doing that that full-on assessment way before we get into anything about planners or calendars or, you know, to-do lists or whatever. And so with that pre-work, I need to check in and make sure it's done before our first strategy session. And I got a response to an email that she's like, I'm working on it right now. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, that's right. I had an automated email <laughs> that goes out as a bonus to just be like, hey, reminder, you know, mm -hmm. so and that was I didn't do that. <laughs> and I got a response to it. And I was like, oh, yes. So it's very satisfying. There's lots of different ways that you can delegate. It doesn't have to be you doing the thing. And mm. that can even be like now there's a whole thing with AI. That's mm. another can of worms <laughs> that we could be chatting about. But one of the things that I appreciate about AI is ideation, right? Mm. And so we can toss in something like, hey, meal plan for the week for me. Yeah. And and be like, yeah, so now we're, you know, using, you know, uh, tech and, and automation to kind of give us a helping hand. Yeah. Right, so that was delegate. That's number two. Number three is delay. And that's the, it's not, doesn't have to be someday, but it's also not now. And I mm. think this is a really important one for creators, for multi-passionates, because you don't always have the bandwidth to do things simultaneously, but you can do them sequentially sometimes. Mm. And so you have this great idea. I mean, and it could be, I'm sure, you're like writing a book and then suddenly you have an idea for another book. It's it's going to Every happen. Every time. <laughs> Every time. So having a system in place where you're like, that's a not now, but I'm going to safely tuck away these ideas. And that's what I work on when I work with authors. It's like, where's the system? Where are you capturing that information? But also it's important to capture it and set it to the side so you're not like, woo, okay, I am now down the rabbit hole because you're right in the middle of creating something else and you want to stay there and stay in a flow state. The other thing that's important about delaying is that, um, you know, you're doing it intentionally. So it feels mm. good. There's a difference between, I did not have the time for that, but it stayed on my to-do list for four weeks and I feel awful about it versus I'm going to delay this for four weeks and then revisit it and see how I feel. Mm, Can you feel the difference in that? Definitely. <laughs> right. So again, we're removing that baggage of like feeling awful because hi, human check. Oh, I still am a human <laughs> and, and I only have so much capacity also mamas, right. You know, mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, you don't have to remove it. You don't necessarily have to delegate it. It can st it's still your thing, but you're deferring it until it can be on your task mm. list. <clears throat> so that was three D's. The fourth D drum roll, please is do. <laughs> Here's where we're taking action. Now it's time to take the action. Now we can start to whatever's left there. Think about how much you've removed from that ongoing list by deleting, delegating and delaying. Mm. Now what you have left is actually your to do list. Now you can look at it and say, all right, how can I be efficient? How can I prioritize this? Maybe use Pomodoro sprints. Now you're applying, you know, those productivity principles and, and, and tools to that. And um, one more thing I want to add is that as you go, you know, you have this to-do list. Uh, I don't know if a technique that you've ever used is like a brain sweep or, or, or mind sweep, brain dump. You know, it's there's a lot of different terms for it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, when you do that, that is not your to-do list. Mm. It is your to-choose list. Yes. <laughs> and that needs to be processed through these filters. That needs to be held as a capture 
to be processed because I think too often it's good. Yes, you want to get the stuff out of your brain and somewhere safe. That's awesome. But I think we get tripped up because once we have it somewhere safe in our notebook or wherever it is that we're capturing it, then we're like, okay, there's my to-do list. (laughs) And you're setting yourself up if you do it that way. So it's Mm -hmm. your to choose list and you want to process where does it go? What's the category? And it's okay. Like the delay is the someday. Let me revisit it. It's a brilliant idea. I know I'm going to make a million dollars. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, But I can't do it right now. So it's going to have to wait. (laughs) Or it's, you know, I'll put it into my task list or to process or whatever it happens to be. Or it's something as simple as I can schedule it. Mm. And then also, I don't have to think about it, you know, when once I've scheduled it, there are a lot of things that I will give a very specific date to, so that it alleviates me from having to continue to think about it. Mm. Yeah, those are the four D's. And that's the way that you can tackle that extension charm to do list. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Yeah, I love I love delegating. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things because I am a control freak. I will fully admit I am a complete control freak. I think okay. a lot of us indie authors are. I think that's a big attraction of being an independent author. And yep. recently I have been learning to delegate more. <laughs> And I'm getting. I love that. Because when you're like, I love to delegate, but I'm a control freak. I'm like, I'm sorry, say that again. So (laughs) I love that, that you're trying to grow that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's so much better. Like I, I now have somebody else who does my news newsletters for me. And uh, the great thing is she messages me with a few days, a few days before one is due to go out. And she says, by the way, this newsletter's due, send me some content. And I'm like, oh, I've completely forgotten. <laughs> so it works that. really well because I've got that accountability as well. So mm, That's another thing, knowing yourself and knowing what kind of accountability you, accountability you need. Mm. And if it's, you know, I mean, everyone needs it to some extent, but there are some personalities and some tendencies that can benefit from it so much more so yeah there's a a deadline built in that's not your deadline and i think that's especially important for indie authors where you spend a lot of time being your own boss and then blowing off your own deadlines (laughs) (laughs) we really do (laughs) yeah lisa how do you know this yeah i know ask me how i know i know that's like it's and it's completely understandable because you are, you know, working with your own flexibility and your own structure. And that's a wonderful thing. Mm. But yeah, that delegation, you're right. That can include other benefits like like accountability. Love that. Yeah. Um, and something that you did mention before that I mm. do want to talk about quickly is about energy management. So we hear so much about time management mm-hmm. all the time. But you talk about energy management. So explain that to us and how it's different. Absolutely. So in part of our conversation before, I was talking about how when we do the things we love, we show up differently. And that is a very quick way to get a sense of what I mean by energy management. So let's take that a step further and think about all the different things that affect our energy and doing what we love is definitely one of those what people call our hobbies and and what we call our passions Mm. and the things that we need when you talked about writing and like it's like breathing for you right so it's a necessity okay it brings you energy it energizes you let's Mm. talk about introverts extroverts being on that spectrum you know again i don't like the whole black and white you know binary kind of thing we have a beautiful spectrum here but there ha- there are tendencies that we have and for some of us more energized by the interaction and you know the the collaboration and the conversation and then some are more energized by being alone and working mm-hmm. and sometimes you're in the middle there's an ambivert kind of thing but understanding when and where and how that might give you energy versus take energy away 
That's important. And the reason being, okay, I'll give you an example. (laughs) And I know that I've done this. I still do this to this day. But I can see it with my kids where it's like, oh, okay, you have not cleaned your room. Anyone? No? Yeah. Okay. We're all right. And I need you to clean your room. That's not really valuable to me. I need you to clean your room before you get to go over to a sleepover with your friends this weekend. Oh, and I mean, literally the same thing, the task that could have taken four hours because you're slogging through it because you don't want to do it can take you 30 minutes and you are on it Mm. when there's energy management. And that can come from a reward. It can come from excitement. It can come from proper sleep, proper eating. It can come from doing it in in order of things that you like to do, do a task that's less favorable and then do the thing that you love. There's all these different techniques, right, to, to create the proper habits. But that's what I mean by energy management. I also mean paying attention to circadian rhythm. Yet another thing that our society loves to I'll say take issue with, meaning that it takes issue with anyone other than the early bird, Mm -hmm. right? The early bird gets the worm. Yeah, well, the night bird also does if it's paying attention and it knows where the worms are, okay? (laughs) I, You know, it's like, it's this whole idea that there's some kind of extra value, but it may not be the case for you. You need to know when you have a burst of energy in the day. Some of that is going to be affected by the fact that you're a mom and you may Mm -hmm. have a schedule that goes with your children. I've never been a morning person. Let's not pretend otherwise, but (laughs) but I'm up in the morning because I'm taking my kids to school. So I need to structure my day in a way where I'm maximizing my energy and knowing where my dips are. And some of it is modified because of obligations that I have, which I do because I value them, because I value my role as a mom and I want to care for my children. And, you know, plus I get all the really good intel when I drive them to and from school. This is where all the really good conversation happens. So, you know, I have to adjust accordingly, but I know when my energy dips. I'm sure you can think of an example Maybe the easiest one would be to to think of a time during the day when you're like, okay, <laughs> like I either need a nap or chocolate or coffee or maybe like all of them at the same time, which maybe might not work. So like, I'm sure you know that time of day for you, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, what about a time of day where you feel like, yeah, let's do this and you can probably get into a flow state better? Yeah, so you you're gonna hate me. I'm I'm a natural early bird person, and uh, I always say my sweet spot is somewhere between five and seven a.m. But I'm a mum, so <laughs> that is not a possible time for me to work. But I I know that I have an energy dip after that time, and then it goes back at about ten o'clock. So because my kids are then at school. I make 10 o'clock is when I start work. I get I go. get home from the school around about quarter past nine and I mm-hmm. do nothing for 45 minutes. Like nothing. I love that. I love <laughs> that. Yes. First of all, I don't hate you. Okay. Maybe just a No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I love that. I love that for you. I wish that I were, you know, that early bird, but I'm not. But you are aware of it and you're making it work. This is exactly what I'm Mm. talking about. And the fact that you are consciously, intentionally not doing anything until that spike, that's brilliant, actually. Mm. It's taken so long to get there because I used to feel so guilty between nine and 10 that I was just like mooching around on social media or just wandering around the house doing nothing. But now I'm like, no, it's just part of my natural peak and trough of energy. There you go. <laughs> Let's reframe this to not doing nothing, but to building up that energy, like mm. the potential energy yeah. before it turns kinetic. Did I get that right? No, that's, <laughs> that is absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there you go. It's like we do. We have to. It's like, you know, you you see the the visual with the battery, like, do, 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 mm. you know, it's like, it's, it's building back up. So that's what you're doing. Yep. You're literally recharging. And I, I don't know why we aren't 
all on board with this. Again, it's that misperception of what it means to be productive and what, not just what it means to be productive, but what's necessary to be productive. So Mm. good for you. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about with energy management. You know, when we have our energy spikes and then also what are the things in our environment and in our lives that drain us versus feed us and how can we find, you know, harmony and balance with that? Mm. Not everything that we do, we can't avoid all the things that drain us. We can avoid some though, and that is sort of a decluttering, right? Mm. Uh, Of the things that maybe take from us. And then we find, you know, the balance and the compensation. We find like if there's something that you have to do that is energy draining, then you take a time that, you know, or, or you take a moment and do a thing that is energy giving and, Mm. and yet, when you have that energy, what you can do in that amount of time, how you're able to get into a flow state, uh, which is where you've lost track of time. If you're an author, you know what that is. And the more that you're able to practice having your environment and your mindset in a way that's conducive to doing that, the more you will get done in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, um, it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, some something that you know we really believe in. But yeah, overcoming the guilt, I think, is one of the really big steps towards mm. taking this. And it's it's our culture. It's a it's capitalism. You know, this is what capitalism teaches. You know, so ever since you know f- from childhood, this is what's yeah. pounded into us. So yeah, it's a lot of unlearning and then relearning (laughs) yeah I would say that the the first step would be understanding you know these things that we have guilt over you know the rest the recharging the the things that affect our energy you know all of that that we look at it as a need Mm. and use that word so much because if if you said to someone, I need my insulin, they wouldn't balk at that, right? (laughs) So at least I would hope not. (laughs) And then that's another discussion Mm. that we're going to need to have about who you're hanging out with. But really, if if you say this is what I need, like when I say I need a nap, I really mean it. And here's why I need it. I need it because first of all, I'm deserving of that care. And just as you take care of others, and you want them to be well cared for, it it starts with you, right? Mm. But then there's also, how do you show up in this world? There's the phrase, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. I'm okay with that. I kind of want to say, well, you don't need to fill your cup up just to pour from it. So let's be clear about that. (laughs) But if you are one who pours from your cup, And that's something that you love to do. I love to serve my family, but I need to make sure my cup is full. Mm. So yeah, I get to choose those things. That's the beautiful thing about it, but I need to make sure. And so I need to do things for me in order to be my best. And so when, if you start using that phrase, that's one thing you can do today, start using that in every place where there's some guilt or there's some, oh, what are they going to think? It's like, this is something I need. And sometimes you can explain why they may not get it. It depends. If they're mm. your people, they get it. <laughs> but even if they're people that love you, even the closest people, your family frequently may not get it. But it's okay. If you stand your ground and say, I need this. And if you care for me, <laughs> let's be manipulative, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> but, there's, but there is a little, is there not a little quid pro quo here? It's like if, oh, if yeah. you're... Yeah, if someone's giving you a hard time and it's like, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and assume you care for me and you want what's best for me. And I'm telling you what's best for me. Mm. I need this. If we start with that point, you will come at it from a different, like a different bit of confidence, I guess, a different uh, perspective, if you will. And when you do that, the interaction continues in a much more this is how it is kind of way as opposed to, oh, well, okay, I don't want to put you out or I don't, okay, maybe we'll allow it this once. No, it's like, this is what I need. Mm. 
Yeah. So that would be my suggestion to start. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I have got lots of things that I think I can do that are going to improve. I like a lot of what you've said today, especially that I'm allowed to keep all my books. <laughs> Yay. I was like, that's the takeaway. I'm sure that will be the favorite, but <laughs> I will be curious of the others. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, finally, can you let our listeners know where they can find you and your services online? I would be delighted. You can find me and how to connect to me in different places at positivelyproductive.com. You are listening to an amazing podcast. And if you like listening to more during those those times when uh, when you want to be inspired along these topics, Positively Living is the name of my podcast. I'd be delighted if you join me there. And if you just want to have some fun and be ridiculous with reels and stress management and other things like that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positively underscore Lisa. Awesome. Thank you. Now, before I let you go, we yes. do make all of our guests answer a would you rather question. And um, yeah, I've, I've been a bit mean, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> Bring it. But here we go. <laughs> so would you rather give up mm. your smartphone for a month or give up coffee for a year <gasps> oh <laughs> my <laughs> word uh honestly i think i'm gonna have to go with smartphone <laughs> <laughs> i i you know i have other people who, uh, in my life who have smartphones and i'll just bug them but i mm. I, I would be a terror without the coffee so uh that is mean and it clever. was it was horrible it hurt it me was... a little bit to ask you that because yeah, yeah. and you know i would have gone the same i would <laughs> give up my phone for a month because like I still have my laptop. I know it's not right. as easy to do right. like like Instagram's a nightmare on a laptop, but <laughs> no. Oh well, we're going on an Instagram uh, <laughs> detox. <laughs> I know it would force me to do like a social media detox, but there's no way you, you're you're not taking my coffee away. Yeah, you can <laughs> see the 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 phone as an opportunity, but the coffee just sounds mean. Yeah. Right? That's one of our needs. So <laughs> there you go. I love that. Love how you brought that back around. Right. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me. It's been really, really useful. So oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Remember that if you want to join us for sprints and giggles, then make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter and get all of the additional benefits of supporting the show. You can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.